in today's show, much like Damien Lillard, I'm going to blow you guys apart. We're going to talk about... Oh, that sounds so terrible. We're going to go with it anyway. We're here to look at Sunday's games in the NBA, all the repercussions, all of the news, Damian Lillard's explosion. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's PricePix.com, and the promo code is Locked On. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, and we're available on all platforms. We've got nine games on a Sunday, very busy Sunday. We're heading into Week 19. If you are in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, I will, after I finish recording this, be going through and setting all the playoff matchups up. So just be aware that that will take me a little bit of time to do that, but I will set all the playoffs um, up as soon as I get a chance. So that will happen. And then good luck to the eight teams in each division that are in the playoffs. All right. Let's, um, what are we going to do? Let's let's do news, I guess. Warning? Thanks, Josh. That's it's not Michael warning. Here this is warning. Time. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, it's been a chaotic start to the show. Just in case you're unaware, Michael Carter-Williams has signed with the Orlando Magic. Again, as soon as this happens, it's a name someone remembers. Oh man, does this mean bad news for Fultz? No, it doesn't mean anything for Fultz. I'm pretty sure. If something does happen, maybe look, it will be outrageous, egregious, and I would go off about it on the show. But no, it doesn't mean anything for Markel Fultz. They just like Michael Carter-Williams, I think. And just having an emergency guy around there to take the spot of RJ Hampton's roster spot is what they're doing. I don't think it's got anything to do with Fultz or Suggs or Anthony. He'll just sort of sit there and do nothing and play some garbage time minutes would be my guess. The Hornets also converted Bryce McGowan's from a two-way deal into a full four-year contract. I think it's almost minimum salary contract. Actually, it might be a little bit over minimum. Anyway, I think McGowan's is a pretty good player. Pretty good is a stretch. I think he's a rotation caliber player who could at some point turn into like a better version of like Jalen Noel in Minnesota. I think he can turn out a better player than that. He's one to watch for deeper leagues, for dynasty leagues, just someone to watch. He's impressed me. He's impressed them to convert him from a two-way contract. Some injury updates for tomorrow. John Isaac's out again with a hamstring issue this time. Do you need me to push you to drop him? Yeah. Okay, drop him. Jalen Brown's out for personal reasons, and PJ Washington Jr. is doubtful. So that does help Dennis Smith. We talked about that on the What to Watch For show in more detail, but now I'm giving you a little bit of a heads up here. Some bad news for Draymond Green and his knee. They thought he'd be able to play today, then he had a setback, and it looks like he's getting an MRI tomorrow. I think that means multiple games out. A setback plus MRI is not great news at all. I've got no idea what the um, result of that is, because we won't know until tomorrow, but I can tell you that I think he's going to miss some time. Like That's just what's going to happen. We'll talk about the Warriors without Draymond, Wiggins, and Curry later in the show. Recap their victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then some other news. Quinn Snyder was hired by the Atlanta Hawks. It's good. He's a really good coach. 
So let's see what this does. There's a chance Woj says that he'll be there ready to coach on Tuesday. I'm really interested to see what happens because, hey, in today's game, we'll talk about it later. Joe Prunty went with a Kongwu over Capella. I don't think that's a stylistic thing. That there was other reasons for that. But I don't really think with 20 games left, we're going to have massive wholesale offensive scheme changes. Everyone's just hoping, man, does this mean we're going to get more John Collins shots? I don't know how much of that is coaching, to be honest, versus personnel, versus who John Collins is, versus who DeJounte Murray is, versus who Trey Young is. There might be some rotational decisions that get made. There might be some scheme change stuff. But again, with 20 games in, I think a lot of it's going to be evaluation for Quinn. Then he can come to the front office and go like, hey, this guy, this guy, this guy, we need this, we need this, we need this. These guys can do these things. Then we see more changes next season. I could be wrong on that, but I'm not making any fantasy moves based on the fact that Quinn Snyder is now coaching in Atlanta. This doesn't guarantee bigger things for John Collins. It doesn't guarantee bigger things for a Kongwu. It doesn't guarantee less for Trey Young or more for Bogdanovich. It doesn't do any of those things. We're sort of all in the dark to see if there's going to be any change. There might be, but I don't think it's going to be enough that has to impact um, a huge amount here for fantasy as we move forward. Today's episode is brought to you by PricePix. PricePix is daily fantasy, but it's daily fantasy made easy. It's not you up against thousands of lineups with salary caps. It's player projections. That's it. So you might see Trey Young with a 10.5 assist projection. You go, okay, let's say he goes less than that today. We think we're going to fire it more through DeJounte Murray. Well, you do that. You get two to six of those, put them into a lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your entry feedback. It's easy to do. You do it in under 60 seconds. You can do it in over 30 US states and in the majority of Canadian provinces and territories, and you can do it for multiple sports. The NBA, of course, NHL, Major League Baseball, Women's College Basketball, the WNBA, Men's College Basketball, PGA, MMA, boxing, NASCAR, cricket, European basketball, and of course, disc golf. Download the PriceBooks app or go to pricebooks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PriceBooks gives you $100. If you deposit $50, PriceBooks gives you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 redos. Okay. The first game of the day, an early one. We've got the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. Unfortunately, we didn't have Kevin Durant going in this one, but he might be ready to go for their next game. But this was still a battle of some powerhouses. The Bucks win at 104-101. Of course, Milwaukee was without their superstar, Giannis. Giannis and For the Suns, Aiton, 22-11 and three blocks. Good. We'll see what he's able to do, but... I don't think he's going to get 21 shots when Kevin Durant plays. But hopefully he's able to keep good efficiency and still be aggressive. Now, he still didn't take a single free throw in this game, which is annoying. But some good numbers there. Chris Paul, 18-5-7, while Booker had 24-4-8. Obviously, Paul's minutes restriction is over. Um, Josh Kogi, only 11 points on 7 shots. That's the worry, is that when Durant arrives, how much is he actually going to shoot it? But he shot well. 57%, three steals, seven rebounds. I think he has to be the favorite to start next to Durant over Tory Craig. And we keep rolling with a Kogi. I just don't think that it's going to last. They did convert Ish Wainwright from a two-way into a full-time deal. He had five points in 18 minutes while Craig had 10 boards. He's been a really good rebounder recently, Craig, but that's probably going to drop off when Kevin Durant arrives. Interestingly, we only got eight minutes out of Cameron Payne because Chris Paul played 40. So no crossover between those two at all. Well, Terrence Ross's first game for Phoenix was amazing, and he's fallen back to become Terrence Ross again. Seven points um, in his 17 minutes. So obviously, we're not rostering him. For the Bucks, there was no Giannis, so they started Bob Portis, but only 21 minutes for Bobby. 10 and 6 is okay. 
I'm worried about where Portis's value goes, and then when we're in the fantasy playoffs, if Giannis is there, look, where does Portis like sort of sit? Because the arrival of Jay Crowder means he's not the only player off the bench. He's not the only guy who plays the four and the five off the bench. Not the Crowder plays the five, but he plays the four. So I'm a little worried about where Portis goes here. I'm a little worried about Middleton for this week as well. They've got four games, but two back-to-backs. Does he only play two games? Look, he's still producing. 11, 10, and 6 in 25 minutes. Didn't shoot that well. Huge usage. I just want them to let him play. And it's really frustrating that he isn't. Now, they didn't start either him or Connaughton today. They started Javon Carter. Look, it doesn't really matter. They're that good. They start whoever they want, and they win. Six points for Javon Carter in 24 minutes. Eight points for Grayson Allen in 27. Um, we're not looking at Connaughton in 12s, obviously. We've also got five Myers Leonard minutes, by the way. While Jay Crowder had seven points, 25 minutes with two assists and a steal. I don't even know if this qualifies for either of these, but I'm going to do it anyway. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He's only a deeper league option. Drewy had 33, 4, and 5, and Brooke Lopez 22, 13 with four blocks. Both of those guys' usage pumped up because of the absence of Giannis here in this game. Second game, the Brooklyn Nets and the Atlanta Hawks. Well, I told you there was an article from Christian Winfield about the Nets and what their potential rotation would be. And he got, and I said, look, I'm a bit skeptical of some of these things. And he got a few things wrong. He said that we get Yuta Watanabe and Dayron Sharp as the backup center. And neither of those guys played any minutes in this game. They went with a really short rotation, just nine minutes and basically played just seven guys because the eighth and ninth player were Joe Harris playing six minutes and Seth Curry playing seven. Really interesting rotation. No Sumner, no Mills, no Watanabe, no Sharp. And of course, Ben Simmons is injured. Bridges had 24 in 38 minutes with a uh, very sexy Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. And shot well, while Cam Johnson was also great. 27 points, three threes, two steals, a block, 67% shooting. Really, really strong game from him. And it was a strong game from the other Cam as well, Cam Thomas, who played 29 minutes off the bench. He really benefited from then going shallow, limiting Curry and Harris and eliminating the centers. So 29 minutes, 22 points. We know that's what he can do, right? The nine of nine from the line is excellent. The two steals is also really good, but 22, two and three with one three. It's still not a great category line. I had a look today that one, uh, on the first game that Bridges and Cam Johnson played, where's Cam Thomas been ranked since then? He's 166th. So he's sort of been on the outside of 12-team value. I think he's totally okay as a points-type streamer, but there's going to be issues with um, those other categories. And still, he, he's not a great on-court guy at this point. He's a scorer, but he gives up so many different other things because he has to dominate the ball so much no one else gets involved and he gives it all back defensively. And that's part of the reason why Vaughn has been limiting him. If he plays 29, though, that's really useful. If he plays 22, it's probably not going to be enough. So we want to see, are they going to go with him at 29 and Curry and Harris down that low? Or are we going to see some you're balancing there? And what happens when Simmons returns? Finney Smith had 12 and 8 with two steals. One of his better games, but still not a 12. While Royce O'Neal had 12 points in 20 minutes. For the Hawks, game under Joe Prunty, but we'll see what happens next game. When old Quinn Snyder is there. Trey Young had 34, 3 and 8 with two steals. Game winner, good numbers. 41% usage as well. While DeJounte had 28, 3 and 4. DeJounte's numbers, those big assists and rebounds, man, they're just not there anymore. Even his steals have dropped off. Not to say this wasn't a good game. 28 points on 57% is great, but no free throw attempts and all those things that carried him so highly last season were gone. The center position was interesting. 19 minutes for Clint Capella, 6 and 12 with a block. Okongwu, 28 minutes while having five fouls. So Capella wasn't limited for fouls. He wasn't. Okongwu was the guy with fouls. But Capella got cooked. He was a minus 16 in this game. He was getting roasted. Him and Hunter and Collins were getting killed early on. And they just didn't go back to Capella, really. They just went with Okongwu 
who was pretty good. Not great, 10 and 7, but pretty good. He's been really strong at Kongwu. I just, it's really hard to rely upon a 19-minute-a-night player, which is what he had been. But the minutes have pushed up. We'll see exactly what Quinn Snyder does, but it's, it definitely looks better here, but it could all be reset tomorrow. I don't know. DeAndre Hunter, who was getting like 35 a night, and we said ad nauseum, hey, I don't think he's a very good player. I don't think he's a very good fantasy guy, but if he gets 36, then yes. If he plays 30, then no. Well, he played 22. Nine points, two threes, three assists. He was part of that group that was getting cooked, so they limited his minutes. And with Bay and Bogdanovich around, it probably hurts him. And I think he can drop him in 12 teams. Johnny Collins, I would hold. He was on a minutes restriction. He had 12 and four, while the depressed penis Sadiq Bay had six points in 32 minutes. And obviously, obviously we're dropping him. Get that garbage out of here! It was a really good game from Bogdan Bogdanovich. On the waiver wire show earlier today, I said, hey, I think you can drop Bogdan, but he will have good games. I just don't think the overall consistency of him and the overall output over this time is going to be enough to label him must roster. This is one of the good ones. 20 to, sounds like I'm just being horribly racist. 22, 6, and 3 with two steals and five, uh, yeah, two steals and five triples. That's a great game. He shot 64% to get there. He was a plus 28. He was part of that bench group that brought them back. This won't be the norm for him, though. He's just not going to do this every single night, Bogdanovich. He will be solid. But he's also just got too many comp competitors for minutes. Hunter, Bay, Jalen Johnson was back in the rotation. He's not going to play 28 a night, and he's not going to shoot 64% a night. So he's okay to have, as we discussed in the waiver wire show earlier today. I just don't think that he's absolutely a must, because this is great. But yeah, we can't rely upon that level of production from him, I don't believe. Lakers, what a comeback victory for the Lakers against the Dallas Mavericks. 111-108, the final score here in this one. Um, just they were down by like 27, I think it was. Came back, beat them fantastically. Davis, 37 minutes, 30 and 15 to steal three blocks. Awesome. LeBron, 26 and 8 with a triple one. Bad percentages, and I'm a little worried here about LeBron. He did hurt his ankle slash foot. He played through it, but their next game is a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back. Ugh. doesn't really feel like he's going to play in both of those games. Be aware of that. What a game from Jared Vanderbilt. 15 points, 17 rebounds, and four steals. Now, his minutes are about the same. We know what Vanderbilt is, right? He is a guy that if you have him, you do it for field goal percentage, 75%, check. Steals, four, check. Rebounds, 17. Well, that's blown us away. That's huge. The 15 points is interesting. I don't expect that from him every night, but... Those rebounds, those steals, those field goal percentage, that's what you base his value on. If he, if you need it, you use him. This is high watermark stuff, obviously, but that's really good. With no D'Angelo Russell, Dennis Schroeder played 35 minutes and had 16-1-8. Stream him until Russell comes back while the bad of Malik Beasley showed up. Eight points on 21%. This is what happens. He still hit two threes, and he still added four assists and two steals, which really, for Malik Beasley... A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. I wouldn't say that he's a must-roster player. He's a points-and-threes streaming sort of guy, much like a Tim Hardaway on the other side of the court here. But this was the showing the bad side. Speaking of the bad side, Rui Hachimura had two points in 11 minutes. Remember when Lonnie Walker and Rui Hachimura were the saviors of this Lakers team? Lonnie, man, what a signing for mid-level Josh. Man, you just hate him. All right, he had zero points in six minutes. Rui's going to be good, man. He had two points in 11 minutes. And Mo Bamba went scoreless in six minutes. While the Lakers have improved significantly, I really love what they've done. Some guys are just not good players, and that's exactly what that trio of players are. Austin Reeves, nine points in 27 minutes, and Troy Brown had five in 20. I don't know why I even mentioned that. For the Mavericks, Doncic, 26, nine and five. Cool. Kyrie, 21, 11 and five. Bad shooting from both those guys, not particularly strong. What do I want to talk about with this team? Um, I've been very critical of Jason Kidd 
for years. I think he's a terrible coach, shit bloke, quite obviously. And I don't know why he kept getting hired for these positions. And I said, I thought he did a better job last season. The other thing with Jason Kidd is I did say that I don't think that I, I will criticize Jason Kidd all the time. And I said, I don't think criticizing him for limiting Christian Woods pairing with Kyrie and Doncic is evidence that he is a bad coach. He is a bad coach, but he doesn't suck because of that. But he sucks for lots of different reasons. He's just a terrible coach. And they're not going to go anywhere with him as their coach, I don't think. I know they got to the conference finals last season, but it's what happens. It seems to happen all the time. Jason Kidd first year, and then everything just falls off the rails. And then post-game, what's he talking about? Mate, I'm just here. I'm not I'm not the savior. I'm just here a spectator like you guys. I'm just watching. They're just gonna they're gonna do better, my guy. Even if you believe that. Even if we know to an extent that coaching maybe doesn't have a huge impact, you know, second by second on the court. Shut up. Like, just don't say it. You look like a dickhead. No one's gonna take your side on it, my guy. You're not here. We know you're not the savior because you're bad. Are you just watching like everybody else? No, you're not. Make a decision. Make some moves. Make some changes. Be a better scheme guy. There's a lot going wrong with that team that I don't like. Let's talk about Josh Green, who played 16 minutes. I don't think Josh Green was particularly good here, but him playing 16 minutes when Nilakina gets 12 and Bullock gets 30, I don't know. It seems a bit weird. Justin Holiday off the scrap heap. Is this this, man, veterans, we love you guys. It's so good that you've been able to persist in the league for so long. Look, Justin Holiday couldn't get a single second for the Hawks. And now he's playing over Josh Green. Now, I said that Green was going to fall off quite a bit when they got their team intact, but not like this. He had nine points with three triples, Joshy. I, that's a very clear 12-team drop. Tim Hardaway, 17 points, four threes. He's a points and threes guy. That's it. While the Crucifix had 14 and nine. Now, we can gripe and grumble and complain that Christian Wood only played 20 minutes. And I get it. If he's on your fantasy team, you're like, oh, man, if, if only, if only. That's still enough to be useful. And I get why, given the flammability of the defensive pairing in the backcourt, you don't want him and those guys to play together that much. I get that. It's still good numbers, but obviously it's frustrating if you have him. Reggie Bullock continued his uh, grand tradition of doing nothing. Six points in 30 minutes while we had nine useless Markeith Morris minutes. He's went uh, three points in those nine minutes. As for Justin Holiday in a deeper league, those three blocks are good. The two threes are good. Don't look at him for blocks. Look at him for threes and steals. But there's something there for those deeper formats, not necessarily, and almost definitely not, for 12-team leagues. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Don't believe me? Go try it. And you can do that really easily. We'll talk about that later. But let me tell you about Bilt Bar first. It's a protein bar covered in 100% real chocolate that tastes just like a candy bar. It's not one of these ones that tastes like you're eating leather. It tastes like a candy bar. It tastes delicious. You want to have them, and it's high in protein, low in calories, low in fat, and low in sugar. And now, instead of going to Built.com, which you can still do, you can go to Built.com and see the vast array of flavors of Built Bar. But you can also just go straight to Walmart, because in their pharmacy section, they've got four bar boxes, cookies and cream, coconut puff, and double chocolate. And at Sam's Club, they've got the 13 bar boxes, churro and brownie batter flavor. So go to Built.com or go to Walmart or go to Sam's Club and get yourself boxes of Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. The Washington Wizards get shit mixed by the Chicago Bulls 102-82. The Bulls. Wow. A little run there on here. Let's talk about the uh, Wizards. No Porzingis, no Monte Morris. So Dan Gafford played 31 minutes, 15-11, two steals and a block. Now yesterday in the What to Watch for streaming show, you would have been sick of me banging on about saying, hey, Gafford, yeah? Gafford? We're looking at Gafford? Wink, Gafford? We're looking at D-Line Wright? Yeah? You would have been sick of hearing that. Hopefully you listened. 
15, 11, two steals and a block for Danny. Didn't have foul trouble, played big minutes. I've got no idea what they're going to do with the minutes when Porzingis plays. But I'm still holding him. As for Delon, 28 minutes, 14 and 4. Now, no defensive stats or no assists, which is pretty frustrating. But he's still trending up really strongly. And I don't mind a 12-team ad there. Bilo had 18, 7 and 8. Well, they started Avdia over Kispert, which is a, a tick for Avdia. Pity he didn't do anything. 8, 4 and 2 with a steal. I'm finding him really hard to label as a must-roster player, Denny Avdia. He's fine to have while Puzingas is out. And if Puzingas remains out, I will still go with him. But he's very hard for me to label as must-roster. Kyle Kuzma just, like, honestly stunk. 10 points, 22% shooting, one of two from the line, no defensive stats. It's just a terrible game. He's actually been pretty poor over the last week or so with some bad shooting numbers, but I think we forgive him. He's been pretty good all season. Uh, Kispert had seven points in 24 minutes, for those of you who care about that, which should be nobody. The Bulls' point guard situation is frustrating, or the guard situation. Pat Beverly went scoreless in 26. Kobe White had 17 in 26. Okay. Alex Caruso had six points in 26. So Caruso, White, and Beverly all played 26 minutes. Dasumu played 22. Ah, he's an easy jack. Get that garbage out of here! Missed all six of his shots. And as I have said, and I know that the Io Dasumu hive, the stands always come at me, I don't think he's very good. I think he's a backup point guard at best. I know they come at me all the time. I don't think he's very good. And I would have dropped him, literally never picked him up to begin with. Um, yeah, see you later. As for Kobe White, that's really good. But he shot 75%. That's just not a realistic shooting target for Kobe White. What it does do is it just puts another name in that mix of guys. You're limiting their upside. Pat Beverly's not a 12 or a 14 team leaguer. Alex Caruso probably is for some people. Six points, two threes, three assists, two steals. But the triumvirate, the quartet of guards, does limit his upside. Vooch had 16 and 13. Great. Levine had 27, 1 and 4. Great. And DeRozan shot 73% to go 29, 2 and 6. So good numbers from all of those guys. Interesting. Derek Jones out of the rotation. Andre Drummond in as the backup. Andre Drummond's still rostered in 12-team leagues. 6% of 12-team leagues using our advanced metric. What are you 6% of leagues doing? Are you trying to get the most annoying team possible? What, what's happening? He had 2 and 5 in 14 minutes. That, that, one, uh, that one baffles me. That one baffles me. Let's go to the next game. The Toronto Raptors. They got smacked by the Cleveland Cavaliers, 118-93. Only 27 minutes for Pirtle. Last two games have been a little bit down. He's playing like four or five minutes fewer than the other starters. Not to say he's not good. 13-9 and three, two steals and a block, but we'd like a few extra minutes there. Um, Pascal Shaquem had 25-8-5 with four triples. Didn't shoot well. While Barnsley had 20... Uh, 20. He wish he had 20. He had 12-3-5 with two blocks on poor shooting. Anyone talk about poor shooting? How about the old, the old mate? The big fella, Gaz Trent, if I can find my sound. Nice, Gary! Seven points on 15%. Yuck. He had six rebounds, which is, for him, a bonus, but no defensive stats. He is very hit or miss. We know this. I think he'll go to the bench when Van Vliet returns next game, um, and I'll hold him and see what happens. OG also struggling a bit since he returned to action. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop, ones. OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. He only shot, what, seven times for seven points? One rebound, one assist. It's been a really poor start. I will hold him, and I will buy low on him, but I'll also be aware that if I'm in the playoffs and if he does move to the bench and plays 27 a night, then I've got no problem cutting him. Deeper leagues, you will have wanted to have paid attention to old mate Jeff Downton Abbey. He had seven points in 18 minutes, and he played like ahead of Malachi Flynn, but I would guess that when Van Vliet returns, that Downton's minutes just disappear completely, and their bench is Trent, Boucher, Achua. 
As for Precious and Boucher, you don't need to roster those guys in 12-team leagues, and Precious isn't even a 14-team league player. For the Cavs, Don Mitchell was great, 35-6 and six with eight triples. He's done. He's good. He had three steals and a block. Garland had 18-3-11, Allen 23-11, and, and Mobley 18-9-4. Just really good stuff from their big four guys. And after that, it has a lot of nothing. I think we've got to look at Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. As an assists streamer, seven points in 23 minutes with six assists. Obviously not must roster. Okoro's lost all of his steam and momentum. 21 minutes for eight points. And Dean Wade got minutes back here. 25 minutes here at the expense of uh, the Discman, C.D. Arsman. Rick Rubio was bad. 0-1-1. He is an assists option, but he's obviously not a 10 or 12 team must roster. He's a 14 team option for assists, but you know, the last couple of games for him have been pretty poor. But there was a lot of garbage time in this game, but um, it's really just those first four guys with a sprinkling of Levert for deeper formats. Next one. We go to the... Oh, that's the wrong button. I'm going to hit it again because I hit the wrong little graphic thing there. The Kings and the Thunder. The Kings get another win on the road against the Thunder, 124-115. Darren Fox, another huge one. 33-3-8 with two steals. Excellent shooting, apart from that at the line. Sabonis, 14-15-8. Great numbers. And it was also a big game from Keegan Murray. Keegan had 20-6. and six. He had four threes. He had three steals. What we've lacked from Murray is volume and anything that's not points and threes. And even the points have been down. But he brought it all today. He actually shot okay. He got good minutes. He's starting to play a lot better. He's still not. He's just barely crept inside the top 150 for the season, not inside the top 150 for points league. Shows you how, despite the hype, how bad he's been for fantasy. But I reckon we might have something starting to, to improve a little bit here from him. Just some, some positive signs. Malik Monk got hot. Then only ended up playing 20 minutes, 12 points with four threes. But he's getting minutes over Kevin Herter most games. Herter was under 20 minutes, had six points. I would add Monk in 12s and I would drop Herder and I'd feel okay about it. But I'd also feel okay about dropping Monk in two days' time if something else comes up. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. 9, 8, and 4. Like, what's he bringing us? Useful in playoffs if the schedule makes sense? Sure. Otherwise, not really. I don't really see the point of it. For the Thunder, there was no Shea Gildas-Alexander with an abdominal issue. It doesn't sound like it's a long-term thing, but I know everyone's going to be jumping on Josh. You know him, it's the Thunder. The All-Star break, they're going to shut him down. Like what they did last year, which of course they didn't do last year. But that's what your idea is going to be. Let's see what happens. Giddy had 18-7-5. They started Isaiah Joe. He got benched at halftime for Aaron Wiggins, but still ended with 24 points, four threes. Joe is a great threes guy, a solid points guy, if he gets his starting spot, if someone's out. So always keep an eye on him. Not a must-roster rest-of-season guy. While Lou Dort... Yeah, it's going to blow up your field goal percentage. You saw that. 18 points with four threes, but the volume's there. First stinker from Pig Williams in a while. Five points in 13 minutes for him. He had been playing pretty well. Let's leave him for the deeper leagues. And then the Bronco. Jalen Williams played 31 minutes. Broncos country, let's ride. 15-2-4 with three steals. Really, really coming along pretty strongly at the moment. Pushed himself inside the top 115 now for the year. Aaron Wiggins had seven in his 24, but a little bit of uh, a mess of a rotation which yeah, has been a common theme for the uh, for the Thunder all season. Let's go to the next one. The Wolves, they lose to the Warriors 109-104. Pre-game, Gobert, Noel, and Prince were all out. Prince isn't on the road trip, so that might be another three games out for him. Be aware of that. They started the Wizard of Nas, Nas Reed. 36 minutes, 39, four threes, five steals, two, two blocks. Just a gigantic performance. Now, if you added him based off last game, congratulations. If you streamed him in because of the Gobert absence, double congratulations. That's a huge game. 
Anderson had 12, 9, and 5, while Conley only 9 points, but 7 assists, steal, and a block. Good stuff. Just a real stinker from Anthony Edwards. And I don't know what I'm going to say here. I'm trying to, like, phrase it. Phrase it right here for Goose. There's something about Anthony Edwards at the moment that's just getting a little bit frustrating. And let me put it this way. Everyone loves him. He's so happy and lovable. And I, I really like him as well. But he had that that homophobic slur incident at the start of the season that he got that he got fined for it. People, you know, didn't did either didn't care or excused or whatever. And now he's coming out and it's like saying things. Yes, like about the, oh man, man, all these other players are soft, which is complete garbage to, to begin with. And then he comes out yesterday and is like, yeah, I need to go practice shooting when I've got two two guys on me because everything's uh, forced onto me now. So yeah, I, I need to practice with everyone on me. Like to me, that's, I don't know. If I was his team, I'd be like, bro, like you're not the only person here. You're not the only player on this team. And then he goes out and shoots 26% on 19 attempts. I'm not saying he's good. Oh, sorry, I'm not saying he's not good because he is. But I think there is a little bit of maturation that needs to happen here with Edwards that some of the stuff might, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a, li- just a little, just getting a little something happening here. Just keep an eye on it. I, I don't think it's going to do anything, but I'm just, yeah, anyway. He had, a, he had a Richie Benno, which is really good. Two for two, two, two. And he had seven assists, but just that inefficiency is a problem. We had Nikhil Alexander-Walker get big chunks of minutes ahead of um, Jordan McLaughlin. 21 minutes for him, 10 and four. Well, Jaden McDaniel is just it's the most stereotypical Jaden McDaniels line. 12, 3, and 1. He had three steals. Just that's just what he does. We'll see what happens next game with Gobert back and uh, probably no well back. For the Warriors, there was no Curry. There was no Wiggins. There's no Green. Doesn't sound like those guys are going to be, or Green's not going to be out a while. Curry probably rests this week. Wiggins maybe not back this week either. So we might get an extended run here. The big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, played 38 minutes. He had 21, 8, and 5 with four steals and four threes. Excellent. We keep rolling with him. Clay Thompson, 32, 5, and 4 with six triples. This is a massive run from Clay. We love this. Maybe a sell high, but you know, we love what he's doing. And Kevon Looney, with everyone out, 32 minutes, 12, and 17. He is absolutely taking advantage of it. He's moved now, I think, from a rebound streamer with all these guys out into being probably a must roster guy in the short term. And look, I was probably wrong on him saying he wasn't going to be that player. Um, but he's really putting it together now. Kaminga had 13 and 5. That's not bad. I still think he's more 16 team. While we had uh, Jordan Poole, I thought he was pretty pretty poor here. 15 points, 25%, two steals, a block. He did seem to have something going on with his knee, so we'll watch that, but 25% shooting's rough. He has not taken a step forward this season. I think we're all well aware of that. We got 21 minutes out of Milk. Ty Jerome, he had um, two points there, while uh, 13 Pat Baldwin minutes and four Moses Moody minutes. At least they got the win, but things are still not really 100% with the Warriors at the moment. Let's do the next one, the Damian Lillard game. The Blazers win 131-114, but it was simultaneously more of a blowout and less of a blowout than this seems. They got up huge, the Rockets fought back and somehow made it close, and then the Blazers pulled away late. As for Houston, there are a few things that stand out here. Why did the delicate dancer Al Prenshengun play 25 minutes? Because their coach is a dickhead. It's pretty simple stuff. He's a terrible coach. He's a dreadful coach. He's the worst coach in the NBA. Shengun also was having some struggles on defense. That is true. He also had four personal fouls, but he got pulled four minutes, sorry, with five minutes to go in the third quarter and then never returned. He had 17, 10, and five. He shot 50% from the field. He has good usage. It's just, your team's going nowhere. Like, just benching someone improve their defense? I don't know I don't know what the point of it is. I honestly don't know the purpose. But what it did do is it enabled Tari maybe end of season. 
to put up some good numbers. 15 and 10, two steals, 28 minutes for Eason. So that's great. If we knew that he was playing 28 minutes a night, we'd love it. I don't have any problem adding him. There's a couple of things here. He got those minutes because they pushed Jabari Smith a little bit to center. They played him alongside Jabari Smith, but the guy that he replaced, Jason Tate, also had five fouls. So they limited Tate's minutes, and they sort of changed their rotation quite a bit at halftime. So am I getting excited about this? I don't know. He played like eight minutes, I think it was, in the first half, Eason, and 20 minutes in the second half. It's a big difference. Obviously, they, they went to him a lot in that second half. Can we... We're not going to trust that he plays 20 minutes a half moving forward. That's really not reasonable of us to think. But it's encouraging, nonetheless. We got pretty good numbers out of him. We got strong production. We got steals. I'm just... I don't really know what to expect, especially with Kevin Porter and Jalen Green likely returning next game and how that impacts things. Honestly, I have no idea. Because this team, I don't think, has any idea. Jabari Smith, I just he just can't shoot. Nine points, 27% is bad. Everything else is awesome. Eight rebounds, four assists, one steal, two blocks. He just cannot shoot. He was also a team worst minus 27. Of course, he was able to play 38 minutes while Shengun played 25. Not saying that Smith shouldn't play good minutes. He should. So should Shengun. Um, that's just really bad shooting from Jabari. I don't did they run any plays for him? I've got no idea. Still only low usage. He's a really hard one to roster because of the negative impact of his field goals. But at some point, he's going to have a stretch where he has a you know, 45% shooting run, I would guess. And then the other stuff will become really, really good. You just have to be very patient here. They started Ty Ty Washington. And then in the second half, they benched him for Dacian Nix. Nix had 16 points in 30 minutes. Washington had 10, 4, and 3 in 32 minutes. Neither of these guys are any use for us with Porter and Green potentially likely returning next game. And we didn't get much Josh Christopher, which is a little bit disappointing. It's 15 minutes for Josh. Um, with three points only. I would have thought, again, giving him minutes over Knicks would have been useful, but here we are. Tate had 17 points in his 25 minutes. He had five fouls. As I said, they, they did limit him somewhat with his fouls. Just a very weird game that I'm not really sure. Again, when you look at the halftime box score and you see Eason sitting at like nine minutes or eight minutes or whatever it was, getting him to 28 is very, very surprising. And that's what gives me a level of pause. Also, I didn't talk about KJ Martin. He had 14, 8, and 4 and remains a 12-team league guy for the Blazers. Let's do it. Oi, Damo, give us your lighter. 39 minutes for Damian Lillard. 71 points with seven with 13 threes, not 17. 13 threes, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, shot 58% from the field and went 14 of 14 from line. An unbelievable performance. The fact that they needed 39 minutes and 71 points out of Damian Lillard to beat the Rockets is concerning. Because I don't really think Chauncey Billups is a very good coach. But Lillard was able to get him over the line. Jeremy Grant sort of sat back and did nothing. 13 and 5. And you want to talk about doing nothing. With Anthony Simons out, Shaden Sharp played fewer minutes. 13 of them. Four points. We talked about Sharp as Obi's tries to go. You want to go, Obi? We talked about Sharp saying, hey, look, when he's played alongside Lillard and Grant, he's had really low usage. And he has had a horrible fantasy profile all season. And then I thought, ah, oh, maybe. Look, he had a couple of good games in that little period when just before Simons got injured. And then he didn't start when everyone was out. And now his minutes have just been cut. For a poor permanent fantasy producer who's not playing, you cannot hold him. In 12 or 14 team leagues, he's got to go. What about the guy that started over him, Cam Reddish, 31 minutes? He took three shots for the game, which is obviously really small. But he got the steals. And what Reddish can do is get steals and hit threes. And that can have use for people. He can be a steals and threes, guys. And if he plays 30 minutes a night, there's at least 12-team stream value there. He's worth a look. And same with Thibel, who had what he does. He had two threes, 
Well, actually, that's not what he does. That's a surprise. He had two steals. He had a block, and he hit two threes. Everything else you get is just bonus, bonus topping on on the top of it, which, which is a terrible way of phrasing that. Um, but he played a lot of minutes, and Thibault should be a 12-team league guy. Only 22 minutes for Eubanks. He did have some foul issues. He's totally okay to roster. 100% shooting, two blocks, eight rebounds. If you need to leave him on your wire because someone else is there, do it. He's just that fringe sort of player while Nurkic is out. With him in that sort of slightly foul trouble type situation, Watford had six points in 24 minutes and obviously not rostering him. Nasir Little was good, but he only played 20 minutes. He was really good last game and then got shafted to the bench. 11-9 and nine with three threes on 100% shooting for Little. I'm not adding him in 12 or 14 team leagues. I don't think it's viable for him to do anything good in that limited minutes. All right, last game. Overtime. Nuggets win 134 over the Clippers, 124 for the Clippers. Very interesting rotation decisions. Ty Lue continues to make some pretty big missteps, in my opinion. But we'll see how it all shakes out. Russell Westbrook led this team in minutes at halftime. And then he played 10 minutes in the second half. Didn't close the game, didn't play any of overtime. He played 25 minutes total. Wouldn't say that Westbrook was terrible, wouldn't say he was awesome. 17, 5, and 4 with 5 steals, though, is great for fantasy. He hit all of his free throws. He went 60% from the field. The 5 steals are great. That's a fantastic line. There's no way that it continues. He's not shooting 60 from the field. He's not shooting 100% from the line. He's not getting 5 steals. The troubling thing there is 25 minutes. And the fact that they have so many other directions they can go. Like, for example, Norman Powell played 17 minutes here. Zubats was out. They went small to accommodate Westbrook and still didn't play him. We're holding him, but it's not roses. It's not like, oh, wow, look at this. It's awesome. It's not that rosy, I don't think. Kawhi. I'm a fun guy. (laughs) 39 minutes, 33 and 6, three threes. Unbelievable efficiency. He's been ridiculous. He's now inside the top 20 per game numbers. Since he returned from his ankle injury, he's like a top 15 player. I think he's top eight if you include turnovers in that. He's been ridiculous. After that period where everybody was, well, not everybody, a lot of people were panicking on his value early season. He's been great. Paulie George had 23, four and four. Didn't hit a three, which was weird. Although he could have hit a three that would have won them the game with that half court buzzer beater that was just a little bit too late. And they started Mason Plumley. He played 27 minutes with Zubats out. 7 and 10 with two blocks is totally okay. It's okay, but he didn't start the second half. They went with Batum there, and Zubats is going to return. You stream Plumley in, you can use him for now, but it's just not a long-term solution. And Batum played only 21 minutes despite starting the second half. 12 points, three threes, two steals. He's actually putting up really strong numbers at the moment, Batum. I don't really trust it because there's just a lot of options they can go with. They can go with Batum, they can go with Mann, they can go with Gordon, they can go with Powell, Zubats, Plumley. So many different guys they can use. Like, for example, Norman Powell had nine points in 17 minutes. Like, that is disastrous for his value. Where does he fit? I would hold him, but as you're well aware, I am always on the downside of a Norm Powell projection, even though I like him. I'm always going to be lower. And this is killing him. Bones Highland went off. I think he had like 10 points in eight minutes or something in the second quarter. And then just, I don't think he played a single minute in the second half. He's not going to be an every-night rotation player. Eric Gordon went scoreless in 25 minutes. We're not rostering him. I think we could just jack a bunch of these guys in 12-team leagues, to be honest. Get that garbage out of here! Like, obviously, Terrence Mann, who had seven points in 25 minutes. Marcus Morris. What? Why does he play this much? Why does he play? Six points in 33 minutes. He shouldn't be starting or getting these minutes ever. 
There are so many other options. I'd rather Westbrook in there at times over, over Morris. I don't get why he's playing this much. It makes no sense to me. Get a shooter out there. Get Powell out there. Get Bones out there. Get Gordon out there. Get Batum out there. Why is Morris playing? Um, we're not rostering him in 12s or Man in 12s or Bones in 12s or Gordon in 12s. Powell is pretty close to droppable. Plumlee is a stream guy only. Westbrook, we hold for now, but who knows? There are a lot of things that I feel like are going to change every single game with this Clippers team. For the Nuggets, Big Chungus. He didn't take the game-winning shot. He passed it off to Bruce Brown at the end of regulation, but 40-17-10 with three steals, unbelievable efficiency. He's just ridiculously good. It's as simple as that. The Clippers didn't score a single basket in overtime. They had four points from free throws, but they didn't hit a shot. Porter was great. 39 minutes for Maga Porter, 29-11. Jamal Murray, 41 minutes in his game, uh, back-to-back. 21-5-13. and 13. Inefficient, but strong. While Bruce Brown played 30 minutes. Now, he got to play some extra minutes because Aaron Gordon fouled out. 13-7. and seven. I don't think we need to hold Bruce Brown. KCP was a little bit off here, but at least he brought three steals, and he is a 12-10 league guy. While Aaron Gordon, hmm, he's the conundrum. 6-6-6, six, six, and six, shout out to Satan. Played 29 minutes, fouled out. They've got two games this week. So, obviously we're dropping Brown because of that. But is Aaron Gordon good enough, as he's coming back from this rib issue, which might be impacting him, to hold through a two-game week? I think in a playoff situation, you don't want to have him on your roster. You can get way more value in a playoff setting by dropping him. They kept Vlaco Chanchar in the rotation over Christian Brown. He had six points in 17 minutes. While Reggie Jackson is no... Why is he still rostered in 12-team leagues? He is, and I don't get it. He shouldn't even be rostered in 16-teamers. And Tom Bryant, similarly, who had four points in 11 minutes and just, I thought, looked quite bad the majority of the time that he was out there. Because, let's be honest, he's not a very good player, as we're well aware. Let's go to the Lions of the Night. The Monstrous, of course, it's Damian Lillard. Oi, Damo, give us your lighter. The waiver wire is the Wizard of Noz, Nas Reed. The young gun is Keegan Murray. And the dud of the night is the future MVP, Cole Kuzma. Your top 10 players today, one is Lillard, two is Jokic, followed by Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Davis, Nas Reed, Darius Garland, Jared Vanderbilt Bar, Trey Young, Mikhail Bridges, and Dante DiVincenzo. Your top 10 players rostered in 50% or fewer of leagues. Number one is Reed. If Gobert's out, we stream him. Otherwise, it's more iffy. Nasir Little at number two. I don't really trust that at all. Kobe White at three. Definitely don't trust that. Tari junk time season? Tari tank season? I don't know. 22nd half minutes is really weird. And if Green and Porter play next game, I don't really think it's going to happen for him. But I don't want to leave him on the wire for someone else to find out. Lindy Waters at five? No. Dorian Finney-Smith? No. Tim Hardaway, no. That's five and six for Hardaway or Finney Smith. Oh, sorry, six and seven for Finney Smith and Hardaway. They're just stream options. Uh, Anthony Lamb, no thanks. Dennis Schroeder, we keep streaming him until D'Angelo Russell comes back. And number 10 was Cameron Reddish. If you need some steals and threes, it looks like he's going to get the nod over Shaden Sharp. And there might be some 12-team appeal there. I'm not massively into that, though. For points leagues, number one was Damian Lillard, followed by Jokic, Anthony Davis, Reed, Don Mitchell, Darren Fox, Trey Young, Brooke Lopez, Jared Vanderbilt Bar, and Drew Holiday. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.